0: Hi, I'm Alan Fleming, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold.
1: Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife.
2: As I made my way to that thing, Sean and Road. Sing my songs for the boys in black and gold. I heard the stories about 1938. And I was just a boy. and knew I'd have to wait. Now there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore. But those glory days and gold might return once more.
0: Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview, and we're back with the first glory days of gold of 2023. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Pilly, And it's the three wise men that you have here because our other regular, Gordon, he's, he's gone, he's gone south. Yeah, um,
1: not six feet under. There's not that that sort of stuff. But he's
0: he's in a better place. Yeah, he is. Um, well, I ho- hope he rests well. That's that's all we can say. But yeah, we are back. It's our first show of the new year. Happy New Year, everybody! You guys have a nice Christmas festive period. Yeah, it was really good.
1: Um, little ones at the sort of perfect age for it now. Um that I'm gonna dedicate this episode to, to Craig Brown, um, who got me out of a massive, massive jam on Christmas Eve because as you know, we were playing Dumbarton that day, mm. 23rd December, around eight o'clock at night. I said to my daughter, I'm like, Oh, what are you most looking forward to on Christmas Day? And she said to me, Oh, my baby born doll. And I was like, mm, You never asked Santa for one of them. She's like, Yeah, I did. I was like, No, you didn't. So I pulled out a list, I was like, it's not on your list. She was like, oh, we did send a list at school and it was on that one. And I was like, (laughs) oh. "Oh." So basically, I tried all the sort of five toy stores. None of them had one. And like I say, obviously going through to at Dumbarton. So I didn't really have much time to go to Dundee, which was the closest one. I mean, mean, obviously
0: football takes priority over your daughter.
1: Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then Craig Brown, I messaged him because he stayed near to the toy store um, that had one left so I said is there any chance that you'd be able to pick this up for me on your way to Dumbarton and he said yes and and we did some sort of uh, almost jingle all the way movie Arnold Schwarzenegger exchange of a doll out the back of the Dumbarton stadium so um not look dodgy nice at, at all no he even a little bit
3: is he legally allowed to live that close to a toy store?
1: I think we would need to ask the question. Um, I think that he might just be outside the perimeter, but he managed to get in there and out before anybody realised who he is. So.
0: Does he have any kids? I think he's got two. Okay, that I saved any awkward it. questions of, oh, is this is this for your daughter? No, I don't have any kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. It's, it's for a guy I know I'm going to give it to him in Dumbarton at the back Aye, of a football at, stadium in a of the car stadium. park. <laughs> what about yourself, Doug?
3: Uh, very quiet, to be honest. I went to Glasgow to my brother's um, for another installment of Vegan Christmas, which was oh. alright. Um, and then New Year did nine, so now very quiet, to be honest, very quiet,
1: which is ideal. Did you say Vegan Christmas? Yes, I did. Now, you're not vegan.
3: But that's um, correct.
1: I've witnessed that on a good few occasions. Well, lack of
3: very food. few vegans look like me, I would imagine.
1: <laughs> well, that, that stopped uh, what I was going to say. So, did, did that mean that you had to eat like four turkey for Christmas with me? You had like a nut roast or something. Wouldn't be uh-huh. the first time he had
0: four turkeys.
3: <laughs> I had a uh, fake turkey and and nut roast. Oh, all
1: in one go. I genuinely think that would ruin my Christmas. Eh? It's ruined my Christmas for the last five years now. What like surely sure. you could just like I, I would even take one of those Morrison's ones that you like stabbing and then stick in the microwave rather than eat that shit. Well, sure.
3: I, I've been asked that a lot, and I suppose, I suppose going to non meat eaters and going here's a carcass, stick it in your oven is maybe not the right thing to do. I did, however, we did, however, go around to his friends one year down the road, and the guy was like, "What can I get you, a beer?" and I was like have you got any turkey he's like yeah loads so he brought me through this was at night he brought me through like four of turkey.
0: <laughs> oh that is superb <laughs> as it should be Absolutely. Uh, i I had a quiet one as well i was sick for the two weeks to run up till there's been a bad cold and flu that's been going around here so mm. caitlin had it for basically four weeks and then i had it for a couple of weeks so thankfully all better now any of you guys get any football related gifts no i got um i i
3: won by bidding far too much uh the 2016 league winning team shirt in a frame you know the displayed all that sort of stuff 2016 was it anyway and nice i have not hadn't put up hadn't put up because i, I did live with an x-ray over oh at, yeah at a over anyway it got smashed and then had to get it reframed so i got loads of frames so i've now got I've now got it up on a wall with a picture of the 2003 team celebrating their league win, I think, wherever it was. Uh, Not league win, promotion, sorry, at Bayview. And next to the, you can get like the Teletext or CFAX page of your favourite game. So I've got the East 5 Gretna one. So they are now all on one wall, which looks pretty cool. Beautiful. But but it wasn't a present because I paid for it all myself. So, yeah. From me to me.
0: Yeah. Amazingly me me with love. I mean Lee, you must have got some football gifts.
1: No, I didn't actually. I think it might be the first year ever. I actually I'm almost embarrassed to say this out loud. I got a lot of golf stuff for Christmas.
0: Oh, you've um, changed.
1: I know, I have changed. I got um a new putter, a three wood. Yeah, that was pretty much my Christmas in its entirety.
0: Yeah, it's nice when you get wood at Christmas though.
1: And um, that was the only type of wood I got at Christmas, as per usual.
0: What about you, I'm, Michael? I got two. I, I, one from Caitlin, kind of. We, I just tell her. what. She's, about woods? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell her what to buy me for Christmas because she's no idea. Because I just buy myself stuff all year round, like a, an adult would. So yes. I got the latest book by Daniel Gray The Silence of the Stands, Finding Joy in Football's Lost Season. Now, I don't know if you've ever read any of Daniel Gray's stuff. He also is editor of Nutmeg Magazine and. Part of In Saturday well, comes does their podcast. Great writing. Michael,
3: I, I was at jo, uh, Jonathan Tippett hilmers yesterday, Friend of the Pod, sort of. He knows her over. I was at his house yesterday and he was he also had bought that book and he was talking a lot about it. So I'm I've I've said I will read it after he's done, which will probably be the first book I've read since the one about East Sterling. Oh, was,
0: Pointless, yes. Yes yeah, that's, that's uh, a good book. I've got that one as well. Daniel uh, Gray about two years ago maybe two christmases ago i'd got in touch with him said oh do you want to come on for our christmas show just to chat about your books i said i'd love to then i never got back in touch with him so we will get him on the the podcast and my podcast over here at some point as well the other one was my little treat to myself as well i got myself a football top which i've mentioned before that one of the things i collect are football strips that are sponsored by bands yeah so this is Newport Corinthians, a non-league club in Wales. Goldy oh, looking chain, nice. and it's got a dragon that. design. Of that is really Christmas. smart. Yeah, which is great for all of our listeners and not viewers. Yes, um, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's got lazy. a cute little sheep on the back as well. Just because Welsh. That. That's Caitlin's favorite part of it. Um, so that's their second strip that they've sponsored. Of this one, this was their Welsh Cup strip. So. Tor Sports, I kind of wish, I, I know we always kind of go local, we go like with a big brand like Jomer or whatever, but Tor Sports are a kind of Welsh-based company that make these bespoke kits and they've got absolute crackers. It would be something, I'd love us to do, just have something that's a little bit different for one of our new kits and just a very unique design or something going with it. Because I think uh, the Tyrant the- Strip must have sold well. On the
3: football th- strip theme, I didn't get it for Christmas, but I got it just before, was the the beer one. Oh, nice. Which is the new Craig Hall Leith Victoria AFC. Oh. Um, ah. But I'd ordered it like th- three months ago or something and then completely forgot about it and it arrived. It doesn't fit because I'm too fat, but it was uh, it's nice. I like it.
0: Yeah, it's that one that I just held up doesn't fit either because I had to get large because the medium was sold out and now it's sold out and everything, so... Anyway, let us know what you got, if you got any fun football-related gifts for Christmas. Hope you've all had a new year. We're going to stop just talking about all our stuff now. We're going to get into the football chat, and we'll get into that after we hear from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days
1: of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and
3: Twitter pages, there are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers
1: to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is
3: to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different, though,
0: Unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. So thanks as always to East Fife Community Football Club and May's Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast. They support us, they support East Fife. Go and support them as well. So, first show in 2023, first show as well since December 11th. It's been a while but in that time East 5's only had two games in that 28 day period as well So that is one of the reasons why there, there hasn't been a, a show out And looking at the, the highlights from that game yesterday I know you were up at the, the game Lee, which you can hear Lee on the, the highlights Well when he gets to get a word in from, from Liam anyway, the way it was edited <laughs> The rest seems to have done East 5 good because that looked a very lively and refreshed East Fife side that took to the pitch at Borough Briggs on Saturday.
1: Yeah, um, I was I was also at Dumbarton, and that was yeah. that was yeah. genuinely one of the most dejected I've felt walking away from a stadium. We were never in that game at all. I, I was going to really say, at really least poor. said
0: about that, the better.
1: Yeah, they're really, really poor. I, I don't want to not touch on it, because I'm, I'm not a happy clap. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't good enough, and a lot of these five um, support were were really really worried about that. And don't get me wrong, I thought our numbers up at Borough Briggs yesterday were good, but I think that I've seen better um, traveling support from, from East Fife fans. And if they'd been at that game, then there's every chance that that was enough to to put them off. However, you know, on a more positive note, the the performance yesterday was really really good. It was like. It was like what we originally seen from a, a Greg side, two up, two up front, um, diamond formation, sort of uh, in the the midfield. But looks like an absolute masterstroke, the the signing of Aiden Quinn, who just won everything in the air yesterday, everything in the air. Um, really, really big, strong, physical presence. And as a matter of fact, I thought we were very physical yesterday, and that it really didn't suit Elgin. They were not enjoying the the game being taken to them in that way. You could see that by the amount of yellow cards that we got, but it was good to see us roughing up a team for a change. You yeah, just five. wonder if the, the team are getting a bit more streetwise.
0: Well, hopefully, because five yellow cards, that was one of the things I, I put down in my notes just from, from looking at that. It's like, wow, that does seem a very physical performance. But I mean, Doug, it definitely felt like that. the rest was what this team was needing it can work one of two ways. You can come out in a game like this having not played much and be really stale and just struggle to find your chemistry. But this was a team that was up for it. And I think they need to be because you look at those standings after that Dumbarton game and I mean, it still is so tight that this is a season for a number of teams that can go either way. But they had to get off on a strong footing and unbeaten now in the new year.
3: Yeah, it's been all year we've not lost.
0: Yeah, incredible. fantastic.
3: Um, I, maybe it was an absolute masterstroke by the board to make sure we had zero festive football mm. to go and watch, um, which I found quite depressing actually. This festive period, I'll be honest with you, just watching every other team play football apart from us. Mm. Anyway, but the board obviously realised we needed a rest, and it's worked very well. So, kudos to the board. No, I, look, it's a great result. I don't think, I don't think many fans. You know, if they're being completely honest, we'd have thought we'd have maybe gone up there and won in the former run. Elgin have been in decent form, apart from losing the four for the week before. So, great result. Even going by the highlights, I wasn't there myself, but uh, you know, it looked like it was we scored two, but should have scored six or seven. Maybe you know, it was uh, it was good. Yeah, very good. And it, it just I, I say it very often on this. It's amazing how you then look at fixtures coming up and you go, Well, Stan at home now becomes more winnable than it did after the Dumbarton game that's for sure
0: Well I mean when you look at the table it was a win that vaulted these 5 back into the playoff spots three points behind Elgin now so lose that game yesterday you're six points off of Elgin and you're also two points off the bottom so that just that, that shows my, you
3: That was my big thing watching the scores coming through Yeah,
0: because you
3: were seeing like Albin Over's pumping Bonnie Rigg four for winning comfortably, and you're like God, if we don't win, if we lose this game, we're only, yeah, as you say, two points off bottom. And then, you know, so it's nice to, it's nice to have kept that gap. And it, it is such a strange league because even in fourth, I reckon even in third, Elgin won't be looking above them. I think it's all So yeah. them now. So it's, uh, again, it just shows the joys of the having the trapdoor now. That it just makes it a lot more
0: entertaining, sadly. I think a neutral looking in this league is going to be like, oh, this is exciting as hell. Fans of any team in this league, apart from the top two, are going to be like, shit, um, this is going to be a bit of an, a nervy 2023 if we don't get a, into a run of games. Because like Elgin, as you say, they could this could be the start of maybe a poor run of form for them and all of a sudden they drop from sitting comfortable because they didn't look that good at, at times yesterday and then they could just be in real trouble. So we'll get a little bit into the game shortly, but before that, Michael, I want to...
1: Obviously, you've been a little bit removed from this, but Kane Hester's looking a massive uh, sort of ban in the, the face because mm. he's been rumbled for gambling. Um, and yeah, and year four, of his mates are, are due up in court in the next three or four weeks. And I'm pretty sure that as soon as that's concluded, if he doesn't get jail time, by the way, which could very much be on the cards for the
0: I amount mean, that they tried to, to defraud the, the betting company off. I actually then, didn't know it was it was going to court. I thought it was just the SFA that were looking into. No, nope, going to court.
1: That's why the SFA haven't handed a sentence out yet, because they can't do anything to prejudice the court. So basically, Jeez. as soon as that decision is made, the SFA will be able to to swoop in fairly quickly and, and dish out a pretty heavy ban. And I can't see him getting any less than about 10 games. So if that happens, say, in the next four or five weeks, he's out for the tail end of the season. And take Kane Hester out of Elgin. You take a lot out of Elgin.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you saw that he was the guy he had the spark yesterday, got their goal as well. And I, I, knew, I knew he was in a lot of shit. I didn't know it was that much shit.
1: Yep. Very wow. true. Um, in my commentary, I did try to to um, get a little dig into him, um, um, and they had a bit of a spat. At the referee at one point, and I said, "Okay, Hester's at odds with the referee." Um, however, <laughs> it didn't make the didn't make the cut for probably reasons that the
0: club don't want to get sacked. But no, <laughs> neither, neither, neither did your comment When he pulled the goal back, when you said, "Oh, that could get Elgin out of jail here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we will get into the, the game shortly But I want to talk about what's been a very busy start to the year Off the pitch first Because obviously some of that plays into the, the team that was on the park Up at Borough Briggs And it's been a an interesting start to the year The fans were clamouring for signings Because other teams were announcing things I think it was like january 2nd and fans were like where's the signings where's the signings it's like give them a little bit of a chance to get the deal signed and have a little new year break before they start announcing stuff but there has been a couple of new faces come in there has been some faces move out i'm sure they there's more to come as well but let's start with the return of scott agnew Coming in as player coach, he's going to be assistant to Greg. Spent three seasons at Bayview before. 25 goals from his 96 appearances. Left under a little bit of a a cloud, it has to be said. And we've talked about it on the show before, so we won't delve into it too much. But went to Airdrie, didn't really want to travel, was assistant at Airdrie. Then went to Wraith as assistant as well. And is now back at Bayview, a club he says... Is, has a special place in his heart from his three years here He's delighted to be back And I think it's a great addition to the the backroom staff Lee, and like Scott's name was linked with a job uh, Along with Greg So now yeah. we've got two of the candidates working side by side Which could be a, a little awkward, maybe But um, well, th- Speaking of awkward, when Gary
1: Naismith comes back next week All three of them will be on the touchline
0: Yes <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one but I think it's a really good addition, not just to the coaching staff, but what he can also mean for this team. If we can just get some of that Scott Agnew that we saw, maybe not in his third season with us, but in those first two, then it's very much needed that experienced head in this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that we all know what, what Aggie is capable of and, and what a career he's had. He's, he's probably one of the best players in the Low Leagues of Scotland to not play in the, the Premier League, right? Um, I think most fans watching our sort of level would probably agree that him, Bobby Lynn are two of the ones that really you're thinking probably could have gone upstairs when they were at the peak of their powers. Um, I mean, look, I mean, we know obviously the situation where Aggie left, there was a lot of he says, she said. Um, I've spoken to to Greg and Aggie's quite cleared to set his side of the, the record straight and him and Greg are going to join us on the show hopefully next week. Um, so we should hopefully get that Not for this show But but for the following and, and we'll give Aggie the opportunity To tell his side But I mean I wasn't really happy With the, with the way that he left And obviously how We'd sort of Rumours had Said that he'd left So it'll be good to, for him To get the opportunity To to set potentially The record straight And Look I think that Aggie. I spoke to him yesterday And he said that he'll, He's a, a good few weeks Away from fitness He hasn't played um, right. In over a year So it's, oh, really? it's going to take him some time because obviously he was assistant at Wraith, he wasn't signed as a player, mm. so he's not played much football, but look, you, you don't lose it, right? I'm pretty sure that he'll he'll get back into the speed of the game quite quickly. And what I'm hoping for in a an Aggie signing is not just somebody that's going to come in and boot the ball up the park, just somebody that's going to have that little bit of calmness. And if he could play alongside Trouton who was incredible yesterday, it just adds a lot more of the, the calmness to our team. I mean and somebody that could take a free kick. Well,
0: yeah, I, well, there, there's the thing, Doug. Right away when we were chatting about this in our chat, you were quite excited that he might be on the free kick duty now.
3: Well, I don't know who who took it on yesterday. It looked quite a good
1: Scotty effort. Scottish Shepherd
3: they Scott tested the Shepard. keeper really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, look, I'm I'm happy that Agnew's back. I, I I don't know if he'll. I wonder if he'll play that much. To be honest, I wonder if he's more more as sort of backup a little bit is what we've got but I think his experience will be great I think his what he can pass on to the young guys about how to play and how he played will be very good he's obviously you know had it would be interesting to know what happened to Airdrie and Wraith It didn't seem to last very long either but um, no look I think it's good and, and we'll not get the player we had three or four years ago no. but even the guy in the last season at a league, a league below will still be Would still be good. Um, No, I think think it's a a good option
0: off the bench for us. I agree. I don't think he'll play that uh, much, but him coming off the bench and getting that, like, if you need somebody to calm the team down and see out a win,
3: he's the kind of guy for that. And if and if he's your, if he's more of a backup centre midfielder, it's a pretty good backup, I would say. So no, I I mean, I'm yeah,
1: I think it's good. I I don't know. I I I may be quite surprised if he's not in Greg's mind to, to play a lot of games. Um, particularly with, obviously, I'm sure we'll come to that, with Zhao moving out with the sort of system mm-hmm. that Greg played yesterday, I think Agnew would be great in that position. Um, I, I'll be interested to see where he plays him because if he plays him deep, which is where I think he will, does that mean that Kieran Miller won't play? And I think Kieran Miller's, you know, one of the first names in the team sheet for me that I'm pretty sure most of these five fans will say the same. Um, if he plays that sort of midfield diamond, will he have the legs to go um, out wide for us or if he plays in behind the front two then that takes trouting out unless you put trouting forward but I thought trouting in behind the front two yesterday was really 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 good so I think that if we can get that version of trouting every week maybe Aggie in behind them then you've got a spine starting to grow of a, of a, of a decent side so fingers crossed we'll, we'll need to see how long it, it takes him to to get up to pace but by no means a, a bad addition I mean I've see, seen some of the reaction of some fans um, you know that, that weren't happy about it and I could kind of get it if, if you've got a better taste in your mouth after how he meant to left but you know this is football right and maybe just a little bit easier to move on unless it's Ryan Wallace
0: yeah I, I didn't get that at all I mean when I saw it I was like oh this is a great addition this is something that that the club need and I think with him coming in, we'll talk about Aidan Quinn in a sec as well. I'm sure there'll be more new faces. So now we've got a competition in the squad. And I mean, I spoke about the freshness helping with that win against Elgin, but also that competition because we saw a couple of guys yesterday that we saw some levels out of them that we maybe haven't seen. Like Taylor Stephen, I thought was fantastic yesterday. Excellent yesterday So it's like Is he thinking Well I've got these These guys coming in Now I really have to To show what I can do And Trout And it's like Oh well I don't want to just be A fringe player here Maybe I need to show The the Trout and old here
3: But I think When you look at When you look at the interviews I mean Greg's made it Pretty clear that He's hoping to bring in A couple more But it probably won't be Until more the end Of the The window Which to me Would suggest It'll be a loan deal And he's waiting on other clubs Signing somebody To you know so, but I, look, we, we basically said we wanted the centre half. We've got one, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it's just these little positions. And it, look, we're not going to suddenly sign six or seven players, but it, it's, even if it is two or three, it'll make a huge difference. And you've got to remember as well, even looking at the bench yesterday, you've got Brogan Walls returning, which yep. is another sort of centre midfielder. Again, that's where Agnew, for him, will be amazing, I would imagine.
0: As Omar a, rubin you know, as well, trusted. getting oh, back and, yeah, Rab- Rab-
3: hour, Rab- I... Omar, as he's also known. Yeah, yeah I yeah. made
0: sure I wrote this down this time, so I got his name in the right order.
3: Well, you didn't.
0: <laughs> oh, because yeah. he was listed as Omar on the no, team Rab- sheet. And Omar. Yeah, Rabbi Omar. Oh, I called him rubin <laughs> <laughs> Apart
3: apart from getting it the wrong way round and the wrong name, he did he did really well there. Yeah, anyway, but, no, but wrote... arrows are like new signings. And it was a it, it was a very, very strong bench yesterday. Which I was going to say that, yeah. But you think about how many times in the last few weeks we've been losing games, it's like, but there's nobody to bring on, like literally. Whereas you just didn't feel that yesterday. There was the ability
1: that if we needed to change it, there was people that actually might have made a difference. It's one thing for me that frustrates me about Greg, and Crawford was the same. In fact, Darren Young was the same. As they wait until like, Seventy-five minutes to make a sub, and I could see a, a few boys yesterday. I'm like, we could do with just adding a little bit of freshness into this team. And I mean, that was about really the sixty-minute mark. I think if we brought on Brogan, must have been sort of early seventy-eight minutes. Um But obviously, he's only really played a couple of bounce games. But I, I don't know if you guys know this, but we played Aloua In a bounce match, and six-two. Yeah, week of 6-2. yeah.
0: Um, and then, then immediately after game. that, the the rumored deal that we were having fell through yeah so um... I
3: think with, with regards to that Lily I think as a manager you cannot win so if you're 2-0 up and you're cruising which we seem to be and then you make a change and suddenly they come into it, people will be like well what the fuck are you changing a winning team and then subsequently I totally agree with you but I can see from managers sometimes where they're just like right until people are completely dead and, and the game's starting to change we'll just keep it as it is because it's going well but I agree with you. Yeah. It, it it seems to be the thing of managers of making that token change on the hour. But I suppose when you're winning, it's hard to
1: it's hard but to e- make that decision. Equally, we had a lot of yellow cards yesterday, mm. and I was a bit like, "He's really running the risk here of um, somebody getting sent off." I want to talk about another player um, yesterday. Are we, are, are we going to wait until we actually go into
0: the game? Yeah, let's wait till we get into the game because I, I yeah. want to just quickly talk about Aidan Quinn and then the couple of departures and then we'll then we'll get into the game. So, like, Aidan Quinn, he's come in, 24-year-old, centre-back from Montrose on loan. Oh, how the footballing landscape has changed. We're getting loan players now from Montrose. Yes. It's, it's one of the things that I was thinking. It's like, wow, that's how far we've fallen. Like, no disrespect meant to Montrose, who have been excellent. Uh, At the level that they've been at But now we're getting loan players from him But glad to get a loan player from him Because he looked really good yesterday As Doug said, we're crying out For a a centre-half with a bit more experience He's got that Over 60 appearances for Montrose over the the last few seasons as well And looked pretty solid back there, Lee He was quality Um, I think I said it earlier Don't think he lost
1: a, a header Um, from what I hear he's not so great with his feet but that kind of suits me because I think that Aaron Steele on the right hand side will be a little bit more comfortable with his feet Um, I just feel like a lot of the times he lost the ball this season maybe because he was on the left hand side and just wasn't really that comfortable playing out from it but how good Quinn was yesterday made Steele look more assured like it was like and one of the things that I've said in the show before it just went that Quinn just went for the ball, but then Alain, you saw Steele dropping back to sweep in behind if he was going to miss it. It just looked like a better unit yesterday, um, and I think that, that Quinn just being so commanding really um, made that difference, and and Greg said that he'd been after Quinn even at the start of the season and was told no by by Montrose, but I think Montrose were looking to add a new um, right-sided defender, which then basically allowed um, Quinn to come out and when Quinn spoke, he, he said, you know, as soon as he found that East Fife were interested, this is where he wanted to come. And he'd spoken to a few ex players, and they'd all gave East Fife blown reports. So um, I, I really liked him. Obviously, we're basing it on one out in. Um, but let's, if he keeps that up like he did yesterday, then it definitely made us look more solid at the back. I, I think
3: I, what, what I quite like about Michael is that we've signed, I suppose, in inverted commas, experience, and he's not,
0: you know, he's 24. Yeah, still young, 24, yeah. Yeah,
3: but as opposed to getting a 39-year-old, I'm all for that. I mean, He's got legs. He is experienced, really. Do you know what I mean? I mean, my only caveat was, to me, in the highlights, it looked like it was slightly his fault for the goal, but but by all accounts, he was excellent. So uh, it's just adds competition. It means you've now got three very competent centre-halves, which is good. And Greg's point is totally true. To ask Steele and Denham to play 40-odd games, you know, in like their first sort of foolish seasons is is a lot to ask. And then you're going to get mistakes and then you're going to lose confidence and whatnot. So, no, I think, I think by all accounts, it's a very good signing. So, happy days.
0: Yeah. And I, I think as well, like what Lee said there, it will calm Steele down. It'll calm Denham down if they end up playing together as well. It's like Sometimes... You need that. We've got a, a Serbian guy that plays over here that when he's with an experienced guy, looks great. When he's not, he looks awful. So sometimes some players need that because they then try and do too much and take it all in themselves. But now hopefully Quinn will take a lot of that off their shoulders and allow them... And I like the idea of having one guy that's good with his feet, one guy that's good in the air. I'd take that. Yeah. Then if the yeah. ball does come to Quinn, just bluter it away. That's the, that's the main thing. But we've had two departures as well. Lucas Williamson to to Socky. We'll touch on that one first. Everyone's been asking, why is Lucas Williamson not playing? Well, he's going to be playing now, but it's going to be in the East of Scotland League.
1: Yeah. And that, that for me, is really telling. Because I think that if he was that good, you're probably like, Mikey Cunningham went out to to Lowland League, right? And the fact that none of the Lowland League teams took Lucas tells Mm. me that maybe he's not ready for the level yet. And Although sock is pretty high, like they could yeah, be, they're yeah they playing well, yeah. But it's a different league, right? Yeah, um, so it's, it's not the, the same standard as you're going to get at lowland league. Um, in terms of the opposition, socky might very well be a lowland league side, yeah. but they're not going to be playing lowland league opposition. So, you know, good luck yeah. to the lad. I think there's definitely potential there, but you know, fans up in arms, like. I think Doug actually said it and got a bit of abuse from a potential relative, like uh, this on on Twitter. But there's got to be a reason he's not played. So if he's, if Greg hasn't played him and Stevie hasn't played him, you've got as a fan, ask yourself why that is. Yeah. Is it attitude? Is it ability? Is it both? You don't know. You know what I mean? So he's got another year left in his contract. Let the boy go out and play. I'm sure we'll have somebody watching them on a regular basis. And if it is just purely ability um, to play at this level and goes and does a good job, then we we'll, we'll get a chance to reassess him pre-season.
3: I mean, I'm, I'm purely basing that on the fact that we gave a guy an 18-month deal. He's pretty much never played. We don't see him in training. It can only be that, in my opinion, um, which means nothing. But no, I, I, I actually find the, outroar, the uproar, uproar, outrage, one of those two. about him about him utterly bizarre i mean basically it's the guy that's
0: played two games of football for us who cares i generally don't care
1: no No one's seen him
0: really do not care and it's like if if we can get better players in
1: i could caveat it a little bit because in pre-season he did look good going forward and he did have the energy um but you want to remember there were pre-season games we played a lot of kids in pre-season games but i think it's i think the big thing that from a, a fan's perspective, is it's because it's a position we're crying out for in terms of a left-back. Um, but again, the, the the point that I want to sort of hammer home is if he was good enough, he'd be cleared.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's literally, it can only be, it can only be pish attitude or not good enough. That's the only two things. Really, yeah. that's that's it. That's all we have.
0: Let's look at the, the other departure that is a lot more... Hit hard hitting for the team. Gilles Baldy recalled by Hebs, then sold to our broth. There'd been murmurs coming up to the New Year that this was happening. I think from the Dumbarton game folk were, were starting to talk about it after then. I mean it, it's a big blow. He's obviously a talent and he's gone in now two divisions higher than us. We were worried it was going to happen. We kind of hoped it wasn't. But you you can't you can't blame them if a, if a clubs wanting to buy him and I know we were rumoured that we maybe made an offer as well. You're going to pick a championship side. Of course Yeah. are. The
3: thing is, when you when you get guys on loan, you're hoping that they make enough impact that they're either going to get recalled, really, because otherwise, what's the point in getting them? Yeah. You know, if you get a really good loan player, the likelihood is you're not going to have them by the end of January. That generally happens. It happens all the time. If you think about all our really successful loan players, they've probably only been there for half a season, really. Um, I guess the, the the fact that Hibbs actually released him, basically released him because it's a free transfer, was maybe a bit surprising when he was doing really well. But it, it's you you're, we're only thinking it's a massive blow because he was really good. So absolutely good luck to him, and it was always going to happen. But maybe maybe Saturday shows that you know we might not miss him as much as we thought. But it's a blow. He was excellent, very very good player,
0: and he's he started both games for our growth interestingly, right in the middle of the park in a 4-5-1 sort of lined up right behind the main striker, which I don't think that gets the best out of him, to be honest.
1: No. Um, you're probably looking at a live score for that, and I wouldn't trust live score. Oh, I was looking uh, at the BBC. BBC. I'd, I'd be uh, very surprised if he's playing in the, the centre
3: uh, of the park. I'll, I'll add to that, just because I bizarrely was bored and watched their game against Dundee. Ah. Because um, yep. I could get the stream on my dodgy, but and yeah, he played home midfielder. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, that, I think. Very but weird. I think when I think that was his sort of position when he went to Hibs. I think that was kind of where he was meant to play in general.
2: Hmm.
1: Interesting. Sort of well, also, funny side story: if um, if you play East, as he's five on Football Manager twenty three, he's called John Baldy, um, which is pretty hilarious. But look, I I, I totally agree with Doug. Like. It was always going to happen, you know. Come along to East Fife, and you'll get yourself a transfer. to Arbro, Um is pretty much the 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 common theme. But there's something about, and this is this is total like girlish attitude from me, for lack of a better expression. Like the guy hasn't come out once, and went thanks to these fans or thanks to the club for giving me opportunity to to showcase myself on social media. I just think that that's that's poor form, especially given the amount of praise and and support that Baldy got from East 5 fans in his time here. It takes two seconds to send a tweet saying, thanks very much for for looking after me. I mean, he was maybe a bit pissed off if Greg didn't play him in the last game um, before he went away or whatever. But, I mean, realistically, I I, I don't think it takes too much to to say that. And it's kind of that sort of thing sours a player for me. Mm. Um, he, like he can't Jack have Camelton, been pissed off he, though
0: at not playing against Embarton because he could have got injured and then everything's derailed. So he should yeah. be thankful that he didn't play. I would.
3: Yeah. I would have assumed that was probably the deal. You can put him on the bench and only use him if you have to.
0: Yeah.
1: Kind of thing. Yeah. I would imagine. I don't yeah. think they could tell you that if if you're paying a, a, a wage for him, because um, technically we, we we're still paying his wages up until the. The, the end of December, but yeah, just like even when Jack Hamilton left, he was like, Thanks so much to the players and the fans. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. It doesn't take too much to just show a little bit of appreciation, and that that does kind of sour uh, the whole end of the Baldy tale for me. Yeah,
3: also, also, if we're paying wages from, him, we might not have been,
0: yeah, anyway. Fuck him, we don't need him, we are unbeaten in 2023. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see him next year in League One. Yes, we will. That's the spirit. I've got to say, because speaking of spirits, Doug must be on them. If I, was... That's <laughs> I, was, I
3: was meaning we might get them in like our league cup group or something. Oh, oh yeah. Okay.
0: yeah, I was going to say you've been very upbeat this year. Is this the is this the new year, new hope? Yeah, new new year, new me.
3: Great, you know, great times.
0: I like it. Let's let's see how long it continues. My guess is till the next week after Stenhouse Muir. But let's talk about the first win of the year and the first win since october as well which is a, a scary start to have but not as
1: bad as clyde's though who haven't won since august
0: that is yeah there's some teams in some dire streets uh, across the, the the scottish leagues right now it's got to be said thankfully though we've got that bogey off our back and we've touched a little bit on the game but it's a 2-1 win it did from watching the highlights and we chatted a little bit about this before we're recording but it felt like the best performance of the season. Greg said he probably thought it was just edging the the win at, at Bonnie Rig. It's kind of interesting that after all these seasons where we've struggled on the road, probably our two best performances have come now away from home.
1: Yeah, um, across the piece we were very good yesterday. I think that we definitely should have definitely should have had at least four.
0: Yeah, couple of the um, post.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jack Healy's one, it, it, it kind of gets under him and it kind of doesn't hit the, like the inside of the post the way that, that Taylor Stevens does. But Steven, is one that hits the post and then another one where he's through one-on-one with the keeper. Um, you know, a, an experienced striker scores those goals nine, nine times out of ten. I think that he needs one goal and he could potentially go and score a couple. And judging on his performance yesterday, apparently against Alloway was outstanding, and that's what the, what put him in into Greg's Slops
0: yesterday. And, you know, maybe I mean, the, just the highlights to him obviously him. can get skewed the way that they're edited, yeah. but he looked fantastic.
1: It was, was everywhere yesterday, and not just forward. He tracked back. I mean, he put in a couple of really good tackles um, and and double back and, and helped the defense. I just thought he looked like a player that wanted to play, whereas in the past I wasn't always sure if that was the case. Um, but he looked like a player that 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 had a a bit between his teeth yesterday, and I would start him next week based on that performance. I thought he was really, really good.
3: I think I think Greg Greg's interview was basically saying that he was definitely going to start against Trunaro at home, but it got cancelled, and then obviously Denmark, the Martin away they tweaked the lineup because of who we were playing. But um, I, I've always quite liked him. I mean, he's not had massive chance really. I mean, he, coming on with ten minutes to go is tough, really, mm-hmm. to make an impact on it. I kinda of like that he was played through the middle as well. Um, because mm. he looks quick and he's got a hell of a left foot. I guess that's the thing with his one on one yesterday was it was on his right, would be the only thing he would give him a little bit of help with. But no, he should have scored for sure. But, yeah, no, Greg,
1: I think Greg said that you know, he feels that he's the best finisher at the club.
3: But the thing is, we we've said that the one thing Scotty Shepherd's got going from him is he can win quite a bit in the air and and if you've got that little quick guy alongside him. Uh, yeah. I've said that for a long time. At this level, big guy, wee guy, headers, quick, is a very difficult thing to defend against. So hopefully, yeah, like you say, a little run of games will do them no harm at all, that's for sure. And maybe that's what you need to do with something like that. And maybe it's our position in the league that stops that. You almost need to go, right, I'm going to start you up front for the next four games. Uh, you know, that's what's going to happen. It's up to you then to prove what you can do, blah, blah, blah. So maybe he just needs that. Well, if we're not really? looking
0: at maybe adding any more to the end of the window It's going to give these guys a chance And a run of games Because some of these young guys are going to need like, Consistency and to be playing week in, week out And having like The disruption where The Christmas break and then postponements And stuff as well Obviously helps with that as well If we're getting a, a big run of games going
1: Maybe January's putting the shitters up Stephen a little bit because I think Greg will be very keen to add a, a centre-forward. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be very keen to add a centre-forward. He should be. And, yeah, and I mean, I think that he'll be looking at that going, or if I'm Taylor Stephen looking at that going, right, I need to prove myself here because if they bring somebody else in, that means there's Shepard, Troughton, Shivoni and himself and potentially somebody else that could all play through the middle. And he's going to be going, well, actually, I didn't want to fall that far down the pe- pecking order. And I've only gotten another couple of weeks to prove to myself that I'm I'm here for the fight, and, and I want to to put a stake in um, to, to to play. So you know, fair play to the lad. He's he's, he's got uh, um, he's got a couple of weeks. Next week's a, a tough game um, against a better backline. I would say. Mm.
0: Let's look at the two goals, and that first goal from Stuart Murdoch. If that isn't our goal of the season, just at, at the end of the this season I, I I can't wait to see what's going to beat it and the reason I'm saying that is not just from the strike which was phenomenal but the build up play yeah. when, when I pick my goals of the year I always kind of like to look more at a team goal if there's been good build up or good movement or just something that isn't just the finish but this had everything I need to watch it back I didn't have time because I was just watching the highlights right before we recorded I want to see how many passes were in the build up because that and how many different players were involved as well? Because it just felt absolutely tremendous. And that strike from Murdoch, wow!
3: Yeah, I think Mr. M- M- Mr. Healy might have a word to say about goal of the season. But no, I think, I think this was better him.
0: than that one from Healy, just because of the build-up,
3: and also that it was Stuart Murdoch. Because it's always one where someone in the crowd goes shoot, and everyone else goes, "Nah, please don't." and then obviously rivals that were straight in the top corner. There's there's something very sexual about a ball that just rises into mm. the top corner, you know, as opposed to dipping. It was, I, you know, it was just a pit the laces through. Probably could have gone anywhere, but thankfully went to the top
1: ends. It was uh, it was pretty beautiful, yeah. Funny you say that, Doug. I, I said in commentary yesterday that it was a late contender into the Jack Healy goal of the season awards because I don't think <laughs> there's going to be many people that will I'll pip that. I mean... Oh, I mean, I was right behind it yesterday. And for those of you that have heard the highlights, um, I could have been joining the pitch perfect cast for the the notes that I hit there. It was it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I uh, thought I'd
0: actually hit you in the in the balls at one point. That's how high you'd got.
1: No, that that was that was Liam grabbing them um, <laughs> in excitement. <public laughs> Um, no, it was it was a, a wonderful, wonderful finish, and, and not one that you would expect from your from your right back. But mm-hmm. just just on Murdoch yesterday, that was by far his performance of the season for me yesterday, and by a long distance. I thought he was quite unlucky with his yellow card, because um, I felt like he did get the ball, um, and then it, it sort of meant he had to walk a tightrope for for most of the second half, and it, it meant that he maybe had to let the player pass because he couldn't risk putting the challenge in. But if if that If that Stuart Murdoch turns up every game between now and the end of the season, then I'm a lot more comfortable. um,
3: I think, I I mean, again, this is just going by the highlights, but I liked that there looked quite a bit of physicality in both the fullbacks yesterday. Yeah. Because, I mean, Murdoch, even in the highlights, a couple of thunderous tackles and Newton was putting himself about a bit as well. I think think you, you need that, don't you? Mm-hmm. especially yeah. in a team that's shipping goals here and there it's good to have that bit of fight
1: Newton was like, another one yesterday absolutely fantastic um, Newton put in a better performance at left back yesterday than we've ever seen from Pat Slattery and it's not a slight on Pat um, You know, it, 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 Liam was just so much more physical His fitness I mean that that boy must do the bleep test in his sleep because he never looks like he breaks a sweat um, There's, I think there was only one time that I could count that I felt Liam lost his player. But that's going to happen when you're probably learning a new position. But he's got all the attributes to, to play left-back. And, and I'm going to say something else. He had a better performance at left-back yesterday than either Murdoch or Mercer have had all season. So if Greg is planning to play four at the back, I'm actually comfortable with Liam Newton. Um, as long as he's got um, somebody talking him through it.
3: I mean, if I'm, if I'm being brutally honest,
1: I I just don't see a place for him in the team in midfield. No, me neither. Um, he doesn't and, get in over Ferguson. He doesn't get in over Miller. He doesn't get in over Agnew. He doesn't get in over and You know, he doesn't get in over McManus. He doesn't get in over any of those players. So he's yeah. probably better turning around and saying, you want to know what? I'm actually quite happy to, to, to study to be a left-back because it is my way into the side. Yeah. Okay
0: and if he can continue to learn and grow in it what does this mean for Pat Slattery because he's obviously going to be on a big wage he's a guy that I would think clubs will be like oh we could have had a little bit of experience here if we bring Slattery into us
1: I I think Pat will stay and I hope he does to get his testimonial Mm. because if, if he stays to the end of this season he'd definitely get one well, I mean, he'd be the same amount of time as Kev, and he right. played a lot more games than Kev. I think yesterday was his 250th appearance for his five. Oof. So he went level with Gilbert Allen for um amount of appearances. Wow. So I would like to see Pat get a testimonial because he does deserve it, but maybe a la Kev and and, and potentially mm. move on at the end. Of it. I don't think Pat will be on a lot of money. I think Pat just likes playing for his life. Um, and, and he's a good player to have in the squad. He'll be brilliant in the change room because he's a really funny guy and a really nice person. So I think that there's potentially that in him. And of course, he is a, an experienced head. I wouldn't be looking to shit Pat out in January.
3: Ho- hopefully, if he does get a testimony, he's actually here as a player while it's yeah. going on. It was the one thing that actually started to really annoy me about the Kev Smith thing. Me because too. It was a yeah. whole year of announcements at games. Against Bonnie Riggs, like he fucking plays for them against us. No offense, yeah. but it's been like, scored. It's like, aye, but it's like you've had a testimonial game. It just it, for me, it went over the top. I mean, he was a yeah. great player. Don't get me wrong, but it just felt a bit weird when he's not there.
0: I thought yeah. it was a bit awkward
1: as well. And I, if you ask Kev, he would have rather have been here. Yeah, I, don't yeah, know, no, I, I, I still to this day don't think that was his decision. I think that was Cross.
3: No, I get that, but it just. It, there's something a bit weird it's like, right, you know, it seems to be an announcement at the games every two weeks about something that's going on. It's like, right, you know, doesn't it play for
0: us? Since we're talking about the defence, I'll just ask this now. With Quinn coming in, it gives us possibly the option to go to three at the back if we wanted, or five, three, two. You're vehemently shaking your head, Lee. You want to stick with that back four?
1: Yeah. Why would you change when we look so good? And Bass in one I,
0: game, it's like, let's see.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll play it for a couple of weeks because we've had our first win in four months because of it. Yeah. Um, so I think, no, I, I, I don't want to see us change, change from a back four because I, I actually want to see some continuity in our formation. Because the amount of dicking around, there's been an formation. How do you expect players to know where they're meant to be? And I'm not saying the footballers are stupid, but if you change the formation all the time, it becomes difficult to get continuity. And you see it in, in the top teams in the world. They don't change their formations. You know what I mean? Liverpool have played with a front three for years, mm-hmm. uh, with a flat back four, um, obviously using wing backs and uh, what's his name, Robertson and, and Trent alexander arnold Liverpool have been one of the better teams for years, obviously not so much this year, but the, a lot of the, the best teams in the world play the same formations and, and buy players to play in those those systems. So, um, no, for me, let's let's keep trying with the, the current formation for, for another couple of weeks. Um, because again, you know, Stuart Murdoch isn't a centre-half and he's one of our most experienced players. So I would much rather have a back to either Steele and Quinn, or um, in uh, any mixture of those three with, with Murdoch and, and Newton on either
3: side. I, I totally agree with you, Lee. But I mean, I also agree with Michael. I think it's good to have that as an option, as in during a game if it's going horribly wrong that you might be able to oh, change. Absolutely, it. you've got that
0: yeah. yeah,
3: but I, it, I actually but think that's where that's where your teams like Liverpool. I can't believe we're using them as an example you can fall foul because if it's not going well they're just too stubborn in the yeah. stick for what they thought and they don't win but no I think yeah it, it, I mean you could have a Denham Steele and Quinn as a three cent half even Murdoch moving into midfield or whatever it just it gives you a little bit of options for sure but I think I agree with Lee if you can just get a, just get a consistent 11 to be honest yeah. guys on the pitch and just try and get three four games with the same team and 'Cause you don't need to change if you're doing well, so hopefully we can just get on a, a semi run and just keep a bit of continuity, yeah.
1: Would,
3: semi.
0: would we have the the wing back options even if we did want to go with that? I mean, I'm not he, sure. Newton's
1: got the pace for it. You would have to have Mercer instead of Murdoch in mm. terms of the legs and going forward. Um I would rather stay more solid at the back.
0: the, the other thing as well is I, I think in this is my old man moan for the podcast. In modern football, I think managers try to be too fancy and too clever. Agreed. And like our coach here in Vancouver, great guy. He's still learning stuff, but I don't know how many formations he tried last year. He tried to convert a right winger to a left wing back and it was a fucking disaster. 4-2
1: at this level is fine. You don't need to do much more than that. That Mike Bassett quote, Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we will be playing four four, four fucking four, two.
0: two. <laughs> Absolutely it would suit me to a tee. All right. Let's get into the second goal. And Troughton made it to two hundred. He joined the two hundred club. I mean, that's impressive. Any level, a guy that's getting two hundred goals is fantastic. It was a makers takers, he's brought it down in the box. How many penalties is that that he's got for us now? Six. Six. <laughs> How yeah, many goals has he got all together for us?
1: Seven. <laughs> Michael, there's four things certain in life. Life <laughs> death, taxes, and Trouton scoring a penalty. Um and like, it's do you know how sometimes you get nervous at a player stepping up to take a yeah. penalty watching it? I was like, oh, perfect. Trouton's on the park. You know that's going in. And he's so good at taking him. You, you, you watch him, he waits for the keeper to move, and he's got the ability to to just pass it into the net. I, I'm never worried about him taking a penalty.
0: And he seemed to, you touched on it earlier, he seemed to have a really good game yesterday as well. And maybe yeah, maybe mean, he's now he's finding his feet, maybe this rest did him good. I mean, maybe. I mean,
1: he was obviously injured at the start of the season and maybe he was forced back maybe a little bit too quickly. But, I mean, the guy, his, his touches in the game are, are absolutely class. And you see as soon as he gets the ball at his feet, he's looking up. I, th- I feel like he's passing at times is a bit rushed. But a couple of times yesterday, you know, I've been critical of him not taking a shot from outside the box, took a shot from outside the box. So maybe there's a bit of confidence growing in him. Um, who knows? But you've got to remember that we've still got Siobhani to add mm. to that line as well. He's he's feeling his hammy again, so he didn't play yesterday. Ah, I, right. I, I genuinely feel if Shivoni had played rather than Stephen yesterday and was in those positions, he'd have scored two goals. Um, but I could be wrong, but Troughton, yep, Um Picking the 3 two, ones for yesterday was probably the most difficult in two years.
0: We'll get to them in a sec. I just wanted to touch on maybe one of the negative aspects from looking from afar. So maybe this isn't going to be fair, because obviously I've just watched the highlights. It felt like this was a game that we could have just killed off. Yes. But then we didn't. And then we let them in it in the last 10 minutes... And it didn't seem that we were under too much pressure for the after that goal, but it also didn't seem really... The first half, again, it might just be how the highlights were edited. I haven't had the chance to watch the Elgin ones. It felt like Elgin weren't even in that game and we were dominant. And then That's we let better. them into it in the second half.
1: The, the, fu- the first half, I mean, we were by far the better team. Um, second half, I would say the last 15 minutes... It was wave after wave of attack. I never like, I never really felt threatened as such. Um, obviously, anytime Kane Hester gets the ball, you're like, "Fuck, here we go." Um, and they did have a, a few chances, but a lot of them were from like outside the box and stuff. Um, so again, and, 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 and if Taylor Stephen by any chance listens to this, he's going to think I'm attacking it. I'm not because he was excellent yesterday, but a more experienced striker yesterday scores those goals for us. Um, Like I said, oh, well, equally, you know, maybe they wouldn't have got into the positions that he got himself into, and you've got to give him credit for that. But he, he, we should have been out of sight with the chance we had yesterday. Scott Shepard had one where akin to his first goal that he got in, in the start of the season against Elgin, he, he lifted it over the keeper and he got put through one-on-one yesterday and I was desperate for him to lift it. Um, but he tried to round the keeper and he took it too far round and then played himself a, a chance to score. Um, he also had another one where he was at an angle and he really should have put it higher but hit it right at the keeper. So there's two opportunities from him. Stevens one he hits off the post. Stevens one where he's through one-on-one, he pulls wide. Jack Keely hits the post. So, I mean, we definitely created enough chances yesterday to to by far win the game. And e- even some Elgin fans that weren't knob bench yesterday said that we should have been well out of sight before they pulled their own back.
0: I mean, how good I were Elgin? The positive, me, not the,
3: positive. the positive for me, though, it, is that we were... We did lose that goal and then we did hang on. Because mm. so I think when you're not a team in confident form or in good form, which we're definitely not, that goal, it's not like it's two minutes to go. It's like, probably 13 or 14 with injury time. You yeah. Know, I, again, from watching it on, you know, Jeff and the boys, you immediately start going, oh no. And the thought isn't like, oh no, we might draw. It's like, if they get a goal in the next five minutes, you know, it's that. And that'll be been going through players' minds as well, definitely. So, to see how actually, they might gain more from that than winning 3-0. Do you know what yeah. I mean? In terms of defensive-wise, that they've actually hung on and yeah. hung on
1: pretty well, it looks like will do them the world Elgin pumping balls into the box and Quinn is just coming up like a seal instead <laughs> of the away. it was great absolutely brilliant and you know the relief when the whistle went yesterday was, was massive and I think getting that monkey off the back for the um, for the players that you know haven't gone on such a
0: losing streak to, to paraphrase Any other
1: animals? Monkeys
3: seals uh, any other?
0: Rhino off, you know the, rhino off the thigh. Yeah.
2: There's
0: <laughs> trout in Kim. Oh, no, that's right.
1: Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but to paraphrase an East Fife fan who I see banding this expression about all the time, it was worth six and a half million shillings. That's what I would say. What does that mean? I think it just means it was worth a lot, Michael.
0: Because, I mean, a shilling going back was really kind of the equivalent to 5p.
3: Is this a relation like... of
0: yours, Lee? No, I can assure that's you it's funny. not. But sounds like a belly. M- must be an old, older guy, I guess. Yeah. yeah. No? No. Apparently <laughs> not. Right, let's quick move move on. Let's get to the three Is two. Is he walking one. in my garden? No, it wasn't Scott Young. <laughs> it wasn't Scott Young. <laughs> I I'm I'm sure he's a special East Fife fan. Let's yeah. get to the three two one, which we'll just get Lee to do. Cause if I was doing it from the highlights, I I'd Let's just see what Lee says.
1: Yeah, so it was really difficult to to try and pick three players. Um, I went for Quinn for three points. Um, again, I, yeah, thought he was he was really good. Um, Keen Miller, <laughs> I feel like I give him a point every week, um, but I've given him two this week. Um, I thought he was he was excellent yesterday. Really, really. And forcing in midfield. And not just that, but see how many times he picked up the ball yesterday and was driving forward, which isn't Kieran Miller at all. It's normally I've won the ball and let me get it to somebody else. But he was pushing the team forward. And it was just it was like he was playing with his chest puffed out yesterday. I, I honestly thought he was brilliant. And I could have given a point to a lot of players. Liam Newton deserved points yesterday, and Steele deserved points yesterday, Murdo deserved points yesterday. Um, you know, but Trout deserved points yesterday, but I've given the last one to Taylor Stephen. I think that ultimately my reason for that is nobody expected to see him in the starting lineup yesterday. A few people questioning his place in the starting lineup yesterday, and he finally showed us what he's about. Um, and had he scored a goal, he probably would have got the three points. The only reason that he's he's only getting one is, is is he didn't find the back of the net, but really
0: deserved something out of that. So well done, mate. Come all without, come all within, you'll not see nothing like the mighty Quinn. I want to hear that getting sung again, because it's been a while since it was sung for Pat Quinn in the early 70s. I don't even know how many of the support even know that song anymore.
3: You could get the theme tune to
0: Dr. Quinn
3: Medicine Woman as well. Ah, that's maybe
0: more recent. Also, make sure if you're Googling, you do the mighty Quinn and you don't misspell it and (laughs) Google the mighty Quinn. Because that takes you down a whole different road. I lost a few hours to which that. Can, uh, which,
3: which can also be, you know, beneficial yeah. if you're alone. Yeah, to I came went to bed line.
0: early. I thought, let's just get Mighty Quinn up and oh, miss type, and then that was me for a few hours. Anyway, the game yesterday it was thirteen shots to ten according to the BBC stats. Six on target for each five. So we're creating. That's good. As I mentioned, the the league table it was a an important one for us. We go over the, the other scores from yesterday. Dumbarton and Stirling was postponed for a waterlogged pitch, which was it that bad weather?
3: Uh it's been it's been pissing it down for pretty much a week solid without occasional breaks. Oh, interesting. There was quite, I mean there was quite a few games. I was that. yeah, maybe a little surprised it was off because there wasn't many games in senior football. Mm. I know there was a lot of
0: waterlogging, warthogs on the pitch. Yeah, maybe just not a, a great pitch out there. But Forfar beat Annan two now, and Forfar's done quite a lot of business so far this window. They seem to be making a bit of a push for the the playoff places. i hope. be. an
1: experienced manager. He was always going yeah. to have the contacts to wheel and deal, wasn't he?
0: Oh yeah. I mean that's the thing. That's what you hope for when you're when you're bringing someone in. Albion Rovers four nil over Bonnie Rigg. Bonnie Rigg must be shiting it a little bit now.
1: Yeah, uh, Doug called it before he says that, but yeah, I mean, it would be really the only reason I don't want them to go down is Kef. <laughs> That's literally it. Like mm. I would be happy for them to finish ninth. I would much rather a team like Albion Rovers just went away and disappeared. At least Bonnie Reg have got like a decent fan base, and yeah, but I, I'm I'm not. I hope they don't go down, but I think whoever finishes last, and I mean, I include us in that. Breaking turn turnover, so I think uh, yeah. whoever's whoever finishes last this year is definitely going down.
0: Yes, it makes it even. I, I mean, I I think they should go down anyway. We won't get into all that again. But I think I I don't agree that they get a playoff. It, it's like you finish bottom. That's it. That is your peril. You go, yep. and then the last result yesterday: Gary Naismith back in management, getting off to a winning start, two-one against Stranraer, and now coming back to Bayview next week. it's going to be a, an interesting one.
1: Oh, there'll be a few East 5 fans with a tadgers on their hand next week anyway. Um, like, I love Gary Naismith and I, and I do genuinely like thank him for everything that he did for the club. But I mean, I, I've said it before in the show, I, I do think a lot of people have like clouded memories of, of what a great manager he is. I think he did more for us on off the pitch than on it, like getting the likes of the Orium and stuff secured. I think he is a, a definitely a decent manager, but I think um maybe never go back is is always my thing. Um and I think that unless, was,
3: you're, unless you're Peterborough United.
1: Yeah, of course, to just hire Darren Ferguson. Keep Cam and hire Darren Ferguson. Oh, he, has Darren he gone back to yeah, back? Jeez. Fourth time. But I, I, I mean look, I wish Gary Naismith really well. I do and, and I hope that you know as long as it's not to, to our detriment, I'd be happy for it, to see him do well. But um he had we had one good season underneath. One yeah. and he was there for like four or five. Um don't get us wrong, he's 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 one of what two or three managers to, to win a league title with us. So it does does put him in a in a special a special club, mm-hmm. but um yeah, I, I I wasn't sad that he didn't get the job. I don't um, think it was
3: four or five years, though, was it
1: Lee? Two and a, and a half, maybe? It felt like longer than that, but I you know <laughs> mean well no, because I mean it, half a season that took us down, Yeah, season that we didn't get out, then we got And then ahead. half a season, half a season till he went to Queen of the South where we were like we bottom three. So yeah, say three years. So one yeah. in three. So, I would put it this way. I would put Darren Young ahead of uh, Gary Naismith, um in terms of better East Fife managers. Yeah, for sure, yeah.
0: Looking at the table, so Dumbarton and Sterling, I mean, they're, it's a two-horse race for the title, and whoever loses that is going to be favourites you'd feel to go up in the playoffs, and they're also going to be so pissed off that they've just missed out. Talking to a darn young. Uh, Dumbarton on 40, Sterling on 36, and I mean, D- Dumbarton had that wobble, but it looks like I think they've turned it around again. They've got to be favourites going into the second half of the season now.
1: Dumbarton are just very good at the back. I think if Dumbarton had a decent forward, they'll they'll win the league. Um, I, and I think I I think, I think Sterling will go up because I think Clyde are gash and Peterhead are gash. So yeah. ever finishing the bottom there too, the two are going up for a like league, league this year. I put mm. money on.
3: I was a bit surprised at Sterling signing Greg Spence.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. right. Because
3: I mean, his last senior club was us, and he was pants.
0: Is that fair? Was he pants? Yes, definitely pants. Yeah. And that was under
3: Darren Young, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, Darren's just getting yeah. the band back together. I think is yeah, what he's a bit hoping to do. I found that a bit weird. So then there's a big gap. Stirling's on 36 and second, and then Elgin 28 and third. So it's all to play for. There's eight points now between third and tenth. But as we said, Elgin might be looking over their shoulders if they lose Heston to to a ban or or worse. Then they're going to be losing that. We're f- fourth on 25th. Or 25, rather. Uh, in 5th and 23. Steny, 6th and 23. Strenraer, seven and 23. And it's Stenny and Strenraer. That's our next two games. Both of them at home. And you look at Stenny's record in the last five games just. And it's like draw, loss, loss, loss. Which is why there was the managerial change. And then a win. We're not much better. It's loss, loss, draw, loss, win. So I think two evenly matched teams next week you have not beaten the No, but if we can, if we can get, here we go again. I know if we can get six points from these two home games. That gives us a little bit of breathing space and maybe not looking over our shoulder so much. Yeah. And we can actually look ahead and how, try and. Push how many games
3: it. have we played, Michael?
0: We've played nineteen, so we've got seventeen left. It's funny though because what are we on? Twenty five. Like you
3: you would think if we got to forty five, you would be amazed if you went down on 45, 40 oh, yeah, I think
0: I'd think so. Look, I mean, looking at but previous that seasons. That,
3: that just shows you that we're roughly halfway, just over, and it's kind of doom and gloomy. But really, you're going to, yeah. to replicate the same points tally we would be, you would think, absolutely fine. But, well, yeah, I mean, you look at the bottom
0: now, and it's like Bonnie Rigg had 20 points, and their bottom and goal difference, because their goal difference is minus eight as well, so it's also the worst in the league. What's well, so that worse now. Ours is minus two, so we're actually the fourth best in the league. There's only three teams that are in positive goal difference, Dunbar and Sterling and Elgin. And if we'd taken our chances yesterday, Elgin wouldn't be sitting at plus two.
3: I think I wonder, though, we sort of said at the start of the season that we didn't really think there would be a team that would just get pumped a lot. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
3: said at the start, like, we're quite unlucky that our first season in the the death league, um, that there's not a, a team of absolute pish. Which would help you for sure.
0: Well, that's the thing from previous years. There's always been one, maybe two teams that's been cut adrift. And if I mean things could take a turn for the worse, and Albion Rovers and Bonnie Rigg could be that. I mean, fourth I'll, or If Albion Rovers lose two. the boy Riley, they'll, yeah.
1: they'll 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 be fucked as well. Yeah. That, that that Riley is a quality player. They've signed somebody, I think it's from like Camelon or something like that. Uh, is it Joe Bevan, I think his name is. Yeah. Uh, so a, a lot of players. Uh, that's the thing that, that I've noticed as well. Is a lot of clubs in our division are paying fees for mm-hmm. these lower league boys. So. Forster need to get his finger at to... third Are, are they the? Yeah. Is that
3: is that confirmed? They're paying fees for?
1: Yeah. Uh. I've seen a few of them undisclosed the fees
3: that probably means a set of tracksuits and a couple hundred quid or something.
0: Yeah, you did it. Could be a bag of balls <laughs> or something. The, the, the boy
1: Mark Stowe at Living at, at Linlithgow, as apparently they're wanting fifteen thousand pounds from him. He's banging on all the goals there. The guy TV Daramola, that's uh one of the other clubs. He scored like sixty goals this season. Apparently they're wanting five figures for him because I think they're getting a little bit more switched on now. They're a bit like, well, you know, you're now you're not coming. They just Give us a packet of Mars bars
0: and a friendly and quite right. <laughs> next year. So, aye, quite right. I mean, looking at it now, it does look like Bonnie Riggs probably the favourites to be bottom there. Uh, I mean, they've only got one loss in their last five, which was yesterday, but three of those five were draws. So they've been I, slowly adding the points on.
1: If Albion Rovers lose Riley, I would put Albion Rovers bottom.
0: Really? I think Stranraer need to watch out though as well because they've only got Strenrar one R-Bain in the last home, five. Pish away. Yeah. But,
3: but again, we all do. That's the thing. There's there's now seven teams that can go down.
1: Mm-hmm. Really.
3: But potentially eight, but really seven I would say at the moment. And it's not, it doesn't take, you know, three games of the wrong results and you're suddenly one or two points off bottom. It's not, you know, it's not like a... um, I I, I mean, obviously, I'll stick with my pre-season prediction, but um, it depends who they sign. Linlithgow. Linlithgow. What
0: are they called? Bordy A a team like Stranraer, if they went out of the league, it it could be the death knell for them. What would they have to do? Join the West of Scotland League or something? Or just for travel? Might even prove better and more cost-effective for them.
3: I've said it before. I think any club going into the Lowland League are done. If you go to the Highland League, it's different because I think they're a lot weaker. There's maybe only a couple of teams that are good. But if you go to the Lowland League, you're done. Well, that's why Breakin fought to,
1: to go at the yeah. Highland League. Yeah. yeah.
3: But but I think unless unless you put loads of investment in and the season you go down, I think you're done. I don't see... Because that league... Unless, there is talk about slight restructuring. Again, I, I read about... <sighs> uh, Separate division for all the B teams, but I don't,
1: you know, about
0: time. Yeah, but
3: they're talking about potentially closing the book again for promotion. Oh
0: no, How really? Oh, that would be awful. Right. That that would be such a step back. Yeah. And th- this is just clubs that are just looking out for their own self-interest and stuff. It's terrible. Look, I don't just know, I, don't I would like... take it right now. Like, you <laughs> <laughs> got to think of the good of the game. Fuck the good of the game. Looking at the Lowland League, Spartans have gone on a run of four wins and they're now top on 49 points. And Rangers, who were up there, has gone on three losses in a row and now Celtic's moved into second spot with Trenent third. So there's one point between the top three. Spartans and Trenent with University of Stirling with two games in hand down and fifth three behind. So you're looking at probably one of those three. And as you say... It's probably if Brecon can get it done, which isn't guaranteed because they've still got a bit of a a fight in their hands in the Highland League, they've only got a one point lead over Bucky, but they do have a game in hand. So it seems between Brecon and Bucky, they're they're kinda running away with it now. But
1: we can't finish in the playoffs if that's the case. either them, one of them win and we draw a lower league team with a B, we're fucked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying to see. Broomhill's seventh in the Lowland League, so I think we're okay there. Uh, They're called (laughs) Open goal, so that's fine. I don't want to call them that. Call them Broomhill, that's what they are. Uh, That's pretty much it for the East Fife chat. I I wanted to get a little update, though, from you, Lee, just on the the commercial side of the club, because I know you and Scott have been doing a, a lot of hard work in there, and there's some opportunities available for and if they want to to put some money into the, the club. Changed as well the hospitality. Just chat to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I can't go too much into the, the change in hospitality, but all I could say is it's a marked improvement. And, and the first time I went to hospitality, was excellent. The second time was really poor.
0: Um, was the first yeah. time when we all went? Yeah, the first yeah, time I, I really enjoyed that. And then when really I started good. hearing folks saying, oh, it's not good, I was like, oh, I'm really surprised.
1: Second, The first time we went, it was excellent. The second time I took my you know 80 odd year old uncle and my dad and i went went along and um my dad had steak pie pastry was the only thing that was edible they said that the the meat was tough the potatoes weren't cooked through i had macaroni cheese and i still don't know what the flavor was because it was literally just like eating heated up pasta um, so we've brought new caterers in. The pies—if any fans bought a pie since we've changed caterers—it's night and day. They're absolutely incredible, and um, so really, really good. So make sure that you, you book in your your hospitality because I, I can only speak for that. Um, in the coming weeks, hopefully, I'll I'll be able to talk tell you a bit more about one of the deals that we've just closed. But it's an incredible deal for for the club, and um, so quite excited for 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 that to be to be announced, but I mean, in terms of what fans could do, um, obviously if you want to sponsor a player, we're, we're hopefully going to be announcing in the, the coming weeks um, about doing a deal for the player sponsorships for half the season. Potentially uh, we're looking to do like a bit of a bundle because obviously we appreciate that you're not wanting to spend a lot of money on that. But I think the, the big thing is is that whatever you put into the club, is is what allows us to buy a better quality player, right? So anything you could do for that. And if anybody does have a business and they're looking to to, to do some sort of advertising, most people get their their budgets in be between January and April. We've still got some some pretty big opportunities. We're looking at um, floodlight sponsors, ball plinth uh, sponsors. There's there's loads of different and unique opportunities. So if there's anyone interested then then do get in touch.
0: I would still like us to bring back the player Shirt sponsorship where you actually get the shirt At the end of the season Yeah so the, issue, the nice issue
1: With that is If you donate to the club um, A shirt sponsorship The club gets all of The money because it's a donation If we're giving them something We then have to tax it which is going to put the price Of doing that right the way up So oh. it's, Yeah so because cause you're getting something You're getting goods in exchange Then yeah, it does. You've got to try and find a way around that tax-wise, because then it ends up you're not the club's not getting all the money.
3: Can the player not just gift you their strip?
1: I mean, I would hope that that would be the case, but um, also yeah, remember, that... we,
3: people need to be wary about the player sponsorship because Scottish Shepherd was on fire. We got involved, and it, you know his goal scoring is definitely that. We've, yeah. we've been the kiss of death.
0: Yeah, I was going to yeah. say it's like look who we sponsored before as well, so. Let, let's pick a player we don't like next year <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll we'll do that
1: um we'll definitely do that because Danny Swanson obviously was a pretty much a Pemic unfortunately um in this year but to be fair he's not scored goals but still up there in, in my shirt for Player of the year for Shepard because he still has been really good just maybe yeah, like, next lively year.
0: yesterday so I mean that's good I, I, I think it, it's nice our first podcast of the new year that we've got a little bit of positivity and yep, that performance absolutely. obviously helps yesterday. So yeah, go and help the club if you can. I know money's tight for everyone at the moment as well. But if you have any way that you want to help or donate, and I believe that under twenties you can also do kit donations for them uh as well. Yeah. So just whatever good?
1: you can do. I mean, obviously like massively appreciate time. Times are tough. Yeah. Um, and and you know, paying that what it costs to get into viewed just now is is obviously a, a big expense as well. But anything you can do, even if it's just a case of like anybody you know that's self-employed, getting you know, try to get them a lot of hospitality or get get them to invest in a board. I mean, Scott and I have still got I think another six or seven announcements of partners that have bought boards oh, nice. that we still need to get them up and just actually announced on social media, but trying to get a hold of the tradies and the, the people that we got involved um, over the, the Christmas period was, was quite difficult. And obviously, Scott and I have got full-time jobs other than doing this. You know, we're sort of doing this can in our I, spare time.
3: Can, so. can I ask a question that someone had asked me? See, when you, had, like, announced, like, you know, you had shirts, the Bakers and, yeah, you know, people like that, what, what's the actual deal there? Like, what are they contributing or what are they, you know? I can't I really...
1: Yeah, I can't really talk too much because every partner they bring on has got individual terms about right, what okay. they'll do. I mean, sure Stuarts the Bakers, I would absolutely love them to taking in the, the pie shop, but a lot mm-hmm. of them are just agreeing to, to pay us a sum of money and show us some support. Okay, cool. Come. Yeah,
0: that's fair. I, I just don't want to embarrass you, Lee, but I think you and Scott have been, done a fantastic job so far and uh, it's been like a, a breath of fresh air just from us chatting as well when you're telling us about, oh, I've got this and whatever. I just think the two of you need a, a lot of plaudits for that. You've You've done excellent.
1: Thank you very much. I think probably Jim Stevenson, if he listens to this, will be pissing himself because I battered on about it for so long. He probably just gave Scott and I the opportunity to get us to, well, put up our shut-up and if um, we go and make a go at it, fair enough. If we don't, then it's blown up in our face. Um, But no, we... I've got to give Scott a lot of credit um, as well because we slag him off massively on this show and I know he's uh, Hold on, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go and get him. I'll go. Scott. I will go. I just opened oh. the window.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still but waiting for him to get in. that Kleenex kind of deal over the line.
1: Or binoculars for Doug's window. Yes. Um, well, yeah, w- yeah, window
0: or
1: but he, he's a big twitcher I heard. Yes. But he deserves a lot of credit. He's, he he's an incredible salesman and he's worked very, very hard.
0: So so awesome. well done to you both. Get in touch with the club. You know how to get hold of Lee as well if you want to chat about things. I think that's a, a nice little way to draw a line under this podcast. We'll just go around. Any final thoughts you've got? Anything funny that you saw this week? Douglas.
3: Oh, anything funny that I saw this week? Uh, Paul Hartley going back to Coving and Gub 6-0 was quite yeah. funny. yeah. Um yeah, I thought that was quite good. I, I won both of my coupons yesterday for 250. yes, which is always a nice way to start the year. um but the co yeah, I thought the cove thing was quite amusing, I must say. just just th- we talked about the new manager bouts <laughs> to lose six nil at home is not quite what you were after.
1: Yep, also scooped 200 pound on my coupon yesterday, which I was very, very pleased with. I actually had um a few on yesterday. Um, that I ended up taking out. And one of the ones was Cove, because I was a bit like, oh, you know, harvey has gone back there, they'll probably get a bit of a lift, but then got absolutely scudded. The other team that almost put on were Inverness, but I'd heard that they had a load of injuries, but they were three to I one. Put, and I was like, I, "I
3: put both of them on. For, I put Inverness and uh, <laughs> whoever Cove were playing. Whoever Cove playing? Queen's Park. Queen's Park, yeah. Yeah, just because, again, the odds were, Queen's Park odds were really good. And Coventry, yeah, be
1: terrible. And Inverness, what? Inverness were like three one when I looked at them. I was like, "That's yeah. random." And I, nah. I, to, I had a whole lot of injuries, so I didn't take them. But um, yeah, so that was good. Um, love to see Wrexham dumping Coventry out the cup. Oh. Shrewsbury have just beaten it, um, Aston Villa, which obviously oh. like follow the the down uh, down south uh, football was was quite entertaining. I'm loving life as a Manchester United fan just now because we're playing really really well. Um, And Casemiro is the best player to play in the Premier League since Ronaldo left it. Um, But he's dead to me as well now. Um, Apart from that, nothing that's really tickled me, I'm afraid.
0: I was just loving the FA Cup. The Wrexham game, that wasn't live in the UK, was it? I think it was on S4C, but I don't think it was... Yeah. So we got it live over here because all the Wrexham games have been shown live in the US and Canada because of the, the Hollywood connection. I'm I'm a little torn on it. It's I always love to see the non-league clubs do it. But it's also, I don't want it to be the example of, hey, we're big, rich, American and Canadian film stars. We're just going to buy a club and try and take them through and do a documentary about it and all that kind of pish. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I don't I'm, like that side I'm
3: of it. Very... I'm very similar. I watched the first like three episodes of the thing and was totally bored of it. I just think like the fact they he signed that Paul Mullen, which by all accounts, he's like the best paid player in the bottom, like certainly bottom two divisions, if not half of the one above. I think he's getting paid a fortune. Yeah, I think that side of it's different, isn't it? That kind of just buying your way as opposed to building up. But hey, we'd all, we'd all take it, wouldn't we? Well, that's you the know. thing. It say out in my
0: mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we definitely like Ryan Reynolds is from Vancouver as well, so all the fans here have been like tagging him constantly going, uh, do you know fancy buying your local club and stuff? But like the the clubs here, like if you want to get into MLS, I think the expansion fee is like over three hundred million dollars now. It's just insane. So that's why all these rich Americans are going over and looking at European clubs and Thinking, oh, we can do like a football manager and take them through the ranks and get all this publicity for it. So, on the one hand, yeah, fair deal. I would take it. I just, this part of it that just doesn't sit comfortably with me. I was kind of cheering Coventry on in the end. I was kind of wanting them to get back into it because they'd gone down the man and then got a the couple of goals. But yeah. Also, anyway, oh, oh, nice the to touch on obviously is about Rovers being up for sale. Yeah. Uh, can, can, can we put some money together and buy them, then shut them down? That's always been a dream of mine.
1: No, I, I think that they're, they're apparently wanting three million for Wraith, um, which is mental considering you could buy a great club like he's five for one. Well, I mean um, with all your
0: commission from all these deals, Lee, I mean you must be <laughs> that three million.
1: I'm probably about two hundred and ninety-nine <laughs> Yeah. In fact I'm six point five million
0: shillings short. Ah, <laughs> But yeah, it's they, aren't they always up for sale? Is Val McDermid not going to buy them? No,
3: the the thing's very odd because it was a Hong Kong based uh, consortium which Gordon Three. Smith, Gordon Smith, the ex Air Rangers guy, was oh. kind of heading. But it all fell apart. I think one of the reasons was that they basically had told them of four players that were going to be signing before they even. Bought the club, they were like, "These two guys are going to be going. This guy is going to be going from a foreign club," and it was all. I think. I think a lot of the fans thought it smacked very. And El Clod and Elka, and if that had happened again, that would have been just yeah. beautiful. That was the, that was my one of my funniest and finest Scottish football moments ever. I'll I mean never back, forget that friendly it. game. I'll yeah. never forget that friendly game at Bayview when Claude and Elka arrived and he brought all his weird Spaniards in the first half was the funniest thing I've ever seen. They were so bad. It was like, some of these boys had never played 11-a-side football. Like they'd played sevens and all that sort of stuff. And it was, and then they brought their kids on the halftime and beat us three, (laughs) two. But honestly, the first half was hilarious. It was so, so funny.
0: I I think I've told the story in the podcast before. Anelka was managing some American club and it wasn't long that I moved over here and then it brought him to Vancouver. So I was getting the Vancouver fans to sing Cheer up Claude and Elke, you sad rovers bastard. <laughs> <laughs> they must be like, I don't understand what's going on. But she didn't, to be fair, the best of times. But I think that is it for the show. You know where to find us on the socials. Glory Days of Gold on Twitter. If you want to get in touch by email, GloryDaysOfGold of gold at gmail.com. I haven't checked her our email account forever. I'm sure Lee's checking it regularly, but yeah, you can get in touch if you want. If there's any new segments you want us to to do this year, get in touch with that as well. We will be back soon, hopefully, with a, a chat with the management duo of Greg McDonald and Scott Agnew. If you've got any questions for either of them, send them in as well. But we'll be back soon. It won't be another four weeks till we're back. Don't worry about that. All the best to Gordon in Uruguay. I'm sure he's listening to this. But we will be back soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mon the fife! Ra!
1: Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife.
2: As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road to sing my songs for the boys in black and gold, I heard the stories about 1938. And I was just a boy, I knew I'd have to wait. There's broken dreams and what we'll might have been at that stadium by the shore From those glory days of gold might return once more